Welcome to the Magic Hour with Paulie Malinaji. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Paulie Malinaji is a two-time world champ and Showtime boxing analyst. Joined by his sidekick, the world-famous Peter Cards, they break down boxing better than anyone on the planet. This is the Magic Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Paulie, the Magic Man. We got the magic hour starting right now here from the weigh-in at the uh, junior middleweight card at Barclays Center. Got some some VIPs in attendance, top champions, top fighters, always here for the big weigh-ins. Open to the public. Lara versus Gachet, Hurd versus Trout, and Charlo versus Lubin. What a card we have here, you know? And uh, running running through, uh, we have uh, we have Keith Thurman in our vicinity right now. Well, Keith good, Thurman, right? you know, the welterweight champion. We call him in recess through the injury. He's uh, he's doing around. You can hear him in the background. He's doing some some interviews. People are jumping on our, our, our show. We, we got we got to get him on our show right now. Well, well he's sitting on our table. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're on ours. Really stressing that, man. Like I said, we gonna any more answers you can get on our podcast. So setting the scene right now, uh, we're at the weigh-in, and uh, Keith Thurman just sat down. Hey, look, He's I, I, I got I got hundred different people. I gotta admit, I, I like being at the uh, at the public weigh-ins. Uh, I, I like doing the show from here. I think we should do it more often. I think I should make it make us travel. Although right now we're we have uh, two two shows and three weeks at Barclays Center, so we're good, right? Oh yeah. You guys coming to Wales for the Joshua fight? Are we doing a, are we doing a podcast from the Joshua fight? Talk to the boss. We got to do Joshua podcast from Wales. Imagine how that will go. I can get my pa- passport renewed. You you? Come on, what kind of what kind of a podcast specialist are you, dude? You can't be a podcast specialist and not have your passport renewed. You never know where they're gonna send us. I was in Azerbaijan last week. You know, I was at the WBC convention. I was pretty well. Sneeze? What was that? What Azerbaijan? Oh uh, yeah, God bless you. <laughs> I was in Azerbaijan last week. Amazing country. It was really one of the yeah. one of the clean. I think it might be the cleanest country I ever, I ever was in. I even met the president. The president met me. Come on, Imagine, yeah, yeah. I I felt a little bit more important. I don't think any president of the United States would ever take the time to meet me. Although I have met Trump in the past, but he wasn't president. You got an award too. I got an award for uh, hosting the uh, opening banquets because I've done that now several different times with WBC. I give them a shout out. You know, they fly me out there. They uh, they, take, they take good care of me. Yeah, no, it's cool. You know, and, and of course the list of VIPs that always attend these banquets. I got to. Meet Princess Imameda so again, which is cool. Um, that was DJ Khaled, I thought. No, no, no. Nassim Ahmed. You know, I, I know uh, Nassim Ahmed has put some weight on, but uh, he's the he's still the man. Uh, and it, it was cool. It was a good experience. What a clean country, dude. There was not even so much as a leaf on the floor outside. I mean, just like here, right? The opposite. It was crazy. We're gonna get one time Keith Thurman. We got. We, we'll get. We got him. We got him. We got. We got him to break free from the the media rush. What's going on, champ? Oh, yeah, man. We just touched back down in the U.S., man. It feels good to be here, especially in New York, man. I mean, before I even checked into my hotel room, I had a woman in the streets saying, aren't you that fighter? You know, so, I mean, I just love the people here in New York, man. They got so much love for boxing, so much love for the champ. This is just a beautiful city, man. Beautiful. And, you know, part of that is for this very building right here, Barclays Center, you know, putting on regular shows here. Uh, It's building the fan base. It's nurturing the fan base. And, uh, you know, Speaking of which, when we look, when can we look forward to seeing you back, Jim? You know, we know you come off this injury with the elbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man. So um, there was loose bodies, loose bodies floating around in my elbow, 
and bone spurs type of thing. Bone spurs type of thing, just flowing around. And there was actually more than the doctor thought there there was when the surgery occurred, you know. But he cleaned it all out. Um, I saw him just a few days ago. He's very confident that the surgery is, is well. That it's um, the bone is now in a better uh, shape and position to to do what it's supposed to do, which is get that full extension. Mm -hmm. um, it's I still lack a little bit of full extension right now, but they said that there's certain therapies, soft tissue manipulation, and other little scientific gimmicks. You know what I mean? Some tricks in their book uh, to bring me back, and um, I feel good though. I'm I'm ready to bounce how, back. How was the surgery? Was it painful? Was it a long procedure? Uh, uh, and and how and this coming back from it with the PT and whatnot has it been frustrating? You know, I don't know how many injuries you've had in your career. How you've had a rebound from, or if yeah. or is this the first one? I mean, how how has it been to come back from it? Uh, you know, it actually was very disappointing when um, I first sat down with the doctor and he told me a minimum of six months. You know, I'm, I'm 28 years old. I'll be 29. Well, we share the same birthday, yeah, actually. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be 29 soon, man. But, you know, in my prime, having to be on the bench, you know, it didn't it didn't feel good. But um, I said, you know, six months, why not three months? Is Didn't you fix it? If you took out all the bones, isn't this just pain isn't this just inflammation shouldn't i just be able to ice this in three months and and go back to work and the doctor just looked at me kind of like mm, and that's six, I'm, and six that. months minimum and uh and we're, we're almost at the six month mark um i was out of the country for over three months i got married so that's yeah, congratulations on that thank you very much you know that's slightly um hindered a little bit of the process because i'm not getting wasn't getting the proper pt, PT. but i was giving the proper rest so I feel like I'm in what's called the bounce back stage. Mm -hmm. I've been working with the guys over at HSS for a few days now. Mm -hmm. And just from one day of therapy, they took away some of the um, pain that I was mm -hmm. receiving. And um, I'm just getting a lot of positive responses from my elbow. Um, they're suggesting a little bit of PRP. Um, if I'm lucky, I'll bounce back in, in four weeks. But the doctor estimated about six um, to eight more weeks of intensive care, and he said, "Then you can go right back to work." And, I, and I'll tell you one thing, Jim. I don't know. I, I, again, I don't know how many surgeries you've dealt with. I, I dealt with four on my right hand, and I remember one oh, of the man. main problems was that three of them were in the first four years of my pro career. So, one of the main problems I had was coming back too soon because you get antsy. So, the one if I can if I can share one little bit of experience is that make sure the PT is done right and make sure you don't rush it. Because sometimes what happens is you have to feel a little better and you think, oh, man, I'm ahead of schedule. Let's go. I can start, let's, I can start let's going. Go. Before yeah. you know, boom, you're back to square one and it's the most frustrating thing in the world. So, so if, if it's any of these doctors are doctors for a reason, man. So, it's, it's important to get it done the right way so you only deal with this one time. That's right, man. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, talk to us about, um, you know, I, I know it's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but, you know... Do you have a tentative re-entry date as far as in the ring or that you'd like to get back in? Uh, realistic, not rushed. Uh, yeah. And also uh, possible names you're looking at next year. You know, we obviously the big talk about Earl Spence is Jeff Horn's name running around mm -hmm. now. He's a new welterweight champion as well. Um, any, 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 anything that pops off in your mind? Well, the doctor even asked me, you know, when are you trying to get back in the ring? And I said, well, technically can't nobody put me in the ring. You know, nobody can force a fighter to fight. Um... So I'm not really worried about, I was letting the doctor know, I'm not really worried about being bullied by the industry or anything of that uh, nature. But it would be great to find find a way to get in within the first quarter, the first three months of uh, next year. He said, well, anything in January, like, you know, late January or something. He said, that's, that's kind of pushing it a little bit. He said, but um, mid-February, you know, because he, 
he acknowledges I need a good training camp and yeah. things of that nature. He said, you know, mid-February, early March, no yeah, problem. That's, that's the that's, thing, man. That's kind of what we're trying to that's aim for. That's the thing. For. You, you, you want to be healthy to fight, but you got to be healthy way before that. you got to be healthy for training camp because that's yeah. where the, the, the wear and tear really happens a lot of the time is in the training camp. So you want to be able to, to have a, a full training camp where you're going at 100 the whole time, you know? Yeah, 8 to 10 weeks. And um, when it comes to what what's on the roughly what's on our mindset for 2018 you know when we get back uh back we just got to get back in the mix you know uh we're not going to be you know i fought um danny garcia i fought sean porter back to back no warm-up fights no tune-up fights no stay busy fights in between so we're going to get we're going to get a um comeback fight we're yeah. coming back of test surgery test we're going to do we're going to do a comeback fight and then um it's, it's not it's not you know how the industry is, probably. So I'm gonna say it's not real talk right now, but you know they're talking about maybe Sean and Danny are gonna fight each other, and the winner deserves a rematch with me. Um, that's logical. If if that does manifest, I'll I'll accept that. Um, if not, maybe you know Sean still is very adamant about getting the rematch. He might get the rematch uh, next year once we're back in motion. Um, we could do it right back here at the Barclays. It was nominated Fight of the Year. Um, the fans, they know what happened the first time. They'll come out and see it a second time. Absolutely. Even um, more. You know, Sean believes he can do the job right this time. You know how it is. And uh, I believe I can do even better. So um, so that that's a fight that's possible um, after I get back into the mix um, next year. And I'm going to do my best, man, to, to constantly work with these doctors, not just during PT, but during training camp and after um, training camp. You know, um, I'm in the prime of my career right now. I'm really going to do my best to use all of my resources and yeah. stay healthy. Yeah. Health is health is real wealth. And it's you really know? underrated, too, man. You know, like the, where, you know, sometimes as an athlete, you know, you, you start to want to rush back. You wanna, it's underrated, the importance of rest, uh, PT, uh, all that stuff, you know. To, to keep you at 100% for those training camps, man, you know, and as you get older, you're going to realize it gets a little bit harder and harder, so it's very important to do those things that you're talking about right now, you know, all that PT and then doing it the right way, even even during camp, and just making sure you you, you set aside the time to do it, because it can be a little tedious, it can be annoying oh, and tedious. Oh, yeah, you know, I remember, you know, I'll be 29, so I remember my early 20s, my doctor was talking about stretching and, mm. and this, that, proper warm-ups <laughs> and all preventive in injuries and all this stuff. And, you know, I just, yeah, 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 doc. Okay, okay, yeah. doc. And now it's like we all, all digested. It's like, oh, man, you know, before you train, you know, you should warm up and get that stretching in, mm -hmm. champ. You know, you should do all these other things that these doctors have been telling you for many years. So it's starting to settle in, man. And, um. You know, we're, we're elite athletes, and we need to treat our bodies like yeah, and that. And if you treat it the right way, you can prolong your career. You, you can prolong I mean? the, the, the career. The, the way you take care of your body when you're young, when you don't feel like you should take care of it, when you don't feel like you need to take care of it, actually shows that you do need to take care of it because that will add years to your career at the end of it, on the tail end. Well, then you'll look back and say, man, uh, thank, th I'm, I'm, thank God I, 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 I took care of things when I was supposed to take care of things. But when you don't, you end up starting to pay the price later on, you know. So it's important, even if it's as tedious as it might seem, uh, you know, to, to, to end up doing those things, you know, just from speaking from experience, you know, it's something else. Uh, uh, Keith, uh, you had a list of fighters you wanted to fight. Uh, you talked to Mark Kriegel about last year. Has that list changed at all? Because I feel like the landscape of 47 has changed a little bit. Well, Jeff Horn arrived, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll be honest. I really don't remember my list. So yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> okay. You had Kel Brook on there. He's since since lost. Okay, yeah, you had yeah. Amir Khan. Okay. You had Errol Spence and you okay. had Danny Garcia. 
Okay, so there's only like two fighters that still <laughs> exist. Sounds like it sounds you like, know, you like a, a Terrence Crawford coming up. You know, to yeah. 27 potentially. You know, this is this is why I, I love and hate boxing talk. You know what I mean? Because. I don't know why everybody has this Miss Cleo effect where they want to predict the future, <laughs> right? But it's like one of the hardest things to do in this sport. You know, we're, we're not a seasonal thing. It's, we're not regimented to where you got to go fight in California, then go fight in Utah, and then go fight over here. Yeah. You know, it's just it's not like and that. And there's always what people don't understand unless they do this thing for a living is there's always a Johnny come lately. There's always you beat the guy everybody wanted you to beat, and all of a sudden, yep, but you've got to fight this guy, this guy, you know, <laughs> and you, you beat him. Oh, but there's always. He's like Johnny come lately way. So they're never happy. You can never fight all of them. Yeah. You, know, you only fight like two times a year. They, you know, how many of them are you gonna fight? You, they, there's no rum Royal Rumble like a WWE. You know what I mean? You only yeah. fight one guy at a time. You know, so hey, sometimes no disrespect. I'm just a fan. I don't know. Yeah, you know, so, so you know, so it, it gets frustrated that you make some of the people happy some of the time, you don't make all the people happy all the time. It's impossible. It's a physical impossibility. Uh, no, uh, but I did want to ask you uh, from a political standpoint, from a political basis. You're the WBA and the WBC mm-hmm. welterweight champion. Have you been getting any yeah. pressure from those sanctioning bodies to defend the title, to deal with mandatories, anything like that? Because you know, having both titles uh, um, and obviously being out with an injury, have, have they spoken to you at all, or have they made their uh, their presence felt, so to speak? Yeah, um, I've been I've been waiting to see what's going to happen with that. The WBA, I'm not concerned about because I hold the um, super title. You know, I'm the super champion in the WBA, uh, upon which um, does not have to respond to mandatories. It's not obligated at all by the sanctioning body that normally issues the mandatories. So I'm, I'm like a free bird in that aspect. But the WBC does have the rights to push mandatories upon me. Um, I don't and I also don't know the politics behind um, injury um, like free they have a, zones, they have a you know, pressure on you to, to put any mandatories or to defend a title by a certain point, right? I mean, at, at this current junction, no. Um, but I do believe, is it is it Porter who holds the position for the WBC? Um, so I think that's I another reason why he was adamant about getting a rematch with me with because the after fight, the yeah. Berto fight, he put himself in a, in a high-ranking position. But I think it was through the WBC ranks this time and not through the WBA. Hmm. So be. we'll see. I know he's up there, uh, yeah. floating in those uh, up up in the high rankings. All right. Um, what did you think of the Jeff Horn and Pacquiao fight? You know, Jeff Horn, he fought like a young boy who was trying to become champion. You know, and Manny Pacquiao fought like somebody who just wasn't really in it. You ask me. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, we we, youth, we, we expect I, I more people. The youthful enthusiasm. He fought with that youthful fire that an older guy starts to not have yeah people talk about Manny Pacquiao almost had a 10-8 round against him and this and that and I said that's just a round though and and honestly Pacquiao's punch um rate wasn't out wasn't that high for the fight um and I like the way Jeff Horn rebounded after that round and he did rebound he did rebound a lot of character um I think Jeff Horn closed out the final the the championship rounds better than Pacquiao and that might be where um and that's after the so-called 10-8 round you know that's after that to cut to you know you know it's Looking back, and this is my feeling, I, I look at character a lot. I, I judge a lot of fighters on character because if you don't have that as your foundation, no matter how much skill, everything else you have, it, don't, it doesn't matter. For me, when I saw what Jeff Horn did after round nine, where, yeah, referee yeah. was coming to the corner and telling him he was going to stop it, all this other stuff, you know, to get up off that stool, 
you're watching, you're watching on your couch, it's easy to just watch him get off the stool and do what he does. But you have to understand, after taking an ass whooping like that, to get up off the stool and go to the guy and go go make this fight and go win this fight, go take this fight and, and go win it in that moment, it's not an easy decision to make. You know what I mean? So I respect a lot of fighters that show that character. Because, you know, not everybody has it, even though they might have the talent. You're one of those guys as well. You know what I mean? You show me a lot of character at various times in your career, but especially the Sean Porter fight, you mm -hmm. know, where, you know, there's dig down moments. Dig you know? down, yeah. There's, there's that, it like happened. Floyd Mayweather calls him, the crunch moment. You know, you understand the crunch moment. There's emotion behind it. There's talking to yourself behind that. You know what I mean? There's, there's fights are made a lot of times on decision making. You know, the decisions you make in certain moments in a fight. You know, and then those, those can win or lose fights. Those can make and break legacies. You know, so I, I, I was very impressed with the way Horn did it. And obviously, you know, uh, anybody on, even on your level uh, has had to show that at some point or another because you guys are fighting such high level opposition all the time. You know, all the you're time. at the point in your career where people demand and people want to see the best fights out of you you know what i mean you have that on the rise moment where you all you want to do is fight those guys you can't get to them yet then you get there <laughs> then you get there and now now before you know it the demand is thrust upon you like damn all right all right i can only fight one at a time you know so it's weird how the the the, the landscape of, of a person's boxing career ha has that and, and, and how we have to deal with that. You yeah, know? four years ago, I was begging for fights. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was begging for yeah, fights. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember. You know, there wasn't guys that were... The, that were uh, in a rush to fight you, you know Nobody what I'm saying? Was, I yeah. wasn't in a rush to fight you. I'll admit it, you know. Yeah. So, so you know, it, it it it's the way it goes. It's the progression of, of a boxing career, and uh, you're gonna get to the point, not right now, obviously, but later on in your career, where you're gonna see your name getting you certain fights just because your name, and they want to use you as the opponent. You know what I mean? But opportunity yeah, is opportunity nonetheless. You know what I mean? And then you start to look at it as. Am I done or am I not done? You know, this this opportunity might bust me back into the into the mix. That's you know what I'm saying? That's for a while, though. Long uh, you know, time. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's the progression. It's the weird of the progression that you never on. You know, you don't get it until you're there, and you're like, man. But then all of a sudden, you you know, you getting your you getting opportunities that maybe people might be mad that you're getting them, but your name gets them. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. all of a sudden, you get a Veteran big win. Status. Yeah, like my like my, my when I won that that title in Ukraine, mm -hmm. man, everybody didn't. Nobody thought I was gonna win that fight. You know what I mean? I was going over there to get beat. My veteran status got me that fight. They, they wanted an American name. Uh -huh. You got to be in it to win it, though, right? That's you got to right. be in it to win it. So, so it's, it's, your, your career may not be over even when you think it's over, when other people think it's over. So you, go, you, you start battling that point at a certain point. Well, I hope it's over when I say it's over. I hope I, I, hope I get to control my career. That's the intention every time. Yeah, Absolutely. Man. That's the intention every time. And, of course, only you know when you have the desire, when you don't have the desire anymore. You know, that's people, true. What did you, and that brings you to the next point. What did you think of Andre Ward retiring? Because people criticize, but only you, a fighter, knows inside himself. How much he's willing to give in camp? How much he's willing to give on fight night? Is he willing to give the same he used to back up for those same exact things back in the day? What did you think of Ward retiring? I mean, he's had a beautiful career, you know. Um, I think a lot of his success got overshadowed by um, Mayweather, you know, because I mean, when he won after winning the Super Six and and some of the fights that he did, you know. A lot of people were arguing that he was pound for pound, but Floyd was pound for pound number one, you know, and, and you know, he couldn't really, I feel like no one ever talks about pound for pound number two. No. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's all about who's number one, who's at the top, this and that. And uh, he had some con contractual issues, you yeah. know. Um, he had a rough career in the sport of boxing, which is a sport that he loved. He was a, an Olympian gold medalist. I mean, he, he lived his life doing what he wanted to do you know i'm pretty sure that he's proud of himself he i'm pretty be. sure that um he's happy that with his with his kids or whatever's in his future he can say you know um don't let nobody stop you from living out your dream because 
he can say that he lived out his dream yeah. you know if it went exactly as planned throughout the whole process i mean look i'm i'm recovering from an injury you know it never really it goes, never exactly goes exactly as planned injury, yep. you know but just being able to walk that path that you wanted you know um i'm we're in america i i just got back from thailand um nepal and india and you know there's there's so many places in the world where they don't have the opportunities we have you know if if you have the heart and the will to strive for any accomplishment any life goal you have that opportunity you know here. you have the opportunity here nothing's gonna stop you but you yeah that's what i tell people all the time it's gotta be you you got the opportunity here and they people yeah, your mom people, can your mom can want you to do it your daddy <laughs> yeah. can want you to do it if you don't want to do it it's yeah. not gonna get and you done. can want to do it too but if you don't want to put the work in you still ain't doing it yeah. <laughs> just because you want something doesn't mean it's gonna happen unless you do it the right way you know well, now we know what we can do after boxing you'll be a motivational speaker obviously uh, we're gonna we're gonna look into it a little bit, I man. Can see that, we're man. gonna look into it. I would love to go out to some universities and colleges and um, let them know, you know, what it's like to have the mindset and the heart of a champion well, sh- and I'm, and I'm transfer that I'm over sure into seeing, any other thing. I'm sure you're seeing that now at this point in your career, where people look at you as as, as an example, as as somebody whose footsteps they want to follow. You know what I'm saying? Because you get to the point where you accomplish enough, and you and you put and you put your your stories out there enough. You're gonna be somebody that motivates. You know, not you don't even have to be trying to motivate. Just people see your story and they say, "I want to do that." And and if he did it, you know, it motivates me to do that. You know, you're at that point now, probably. You know what I mean? Let alone when you're done and you can talk about it. Yeah, man. There was um. There's actually one interesting story about a young boy here in New York. He was actually at my first fight at the at the Barclays here. Zavik with with Zavik and uh, B Hop was the main event that night, and the. It was tickets given out to my family. Certain family couldn't make it, so they went off to extended family and brought brought a, a, a boy and his father out to the fight. I think the boy was 14, 15 years old. He was going through a rough patch in his, in his, in his life, hanging out with a little bit of a bad crew. After witnessing my 12-round performance, which actually was my first 12-round performance, we got many more nowadays, but after witnessing that 12-round performance, he said, to his pops he said i want to box man i want to do this you know he got in the boxing gym a few years later they uh they they messaged me through the family they messaged me and they just thanked me for that for that opportunity because not only did it change his life um but he graduated high school which they thought he would never do after getting a part uh working with some gyms here in in new york he stopped hanging out with that that crew. He got with some new people. He got motivated, you know, with the with the coaching and uh, trying to compete as an amateur. And sure enough, he brought his grades around. He graduated high school, and they all dedicate that and believe that, that it all had to do with literally just witnessing my boxing match. It changed his whole life, man. And you know, that, I didn't try. All I tried to do was win yeah, the Zabbik yeah, fight. You know what I mean? That's, that's, what that's I where my you. mind was. Yeah, that, that's, you know? what I, that's what I mean. You lead by example. You don't even a lot of a lot of you don't know who you're motivating. You don't realize. And the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and then welcome Peter Cards. Well, nice Thanks. to show up to your own show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. So, but but you never realize who you're motivating. You know, people watch you, and and they may never meet you. A lot of people, a lot of people never meet you, and but they're watching your story, and they're yeah, the watching it, following it. Yeah, following it uh, attentively. Exactly. Look at your shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a guy right there, Muhammad Ali, that I mean, I, I think everybody. For those of you that don't know, it's Ali standing next to stacks of money. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the first stack of money picture. Now now Connor has it. Now Mayweather has it. But, yeah. but that was Don King's money. That's the problem with that picture. <laughs> <laughs> 
But kids, oh, oh, I'm gonna go off the boxing topic. You just got married. You uh-huh. spent some time in, uh, over in, uh, uh, in in the Far East, uh, in Nepal, and Thailand, and all that. How was that? Talk, talk to us about that. Talk to us about that experience. Talk, do, do, are you looking to move there? Are you looking, are you coming <laughs> to stay here? Because you know, with with you, we never know. You know what I mean? You're 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 out there with your decision making. You'll 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 head out there and say, I, "Yo, screw everybody. I'm heading out here." Yeah, Yolo. Yolo. I do, exactly. I do what I want. You to are do. the Yolo. Exactly. Yeah, so so how was that? Talk to us a little bit about that. And it was beautiful, man. To be honest, you know, it had its ups and downs. You know, I was out there for um, um, practically a little bit over 100 days, and um, it was a little difficult. You know, um, certain people spoke English. Not everybody spoke English. A lot of people in the touristy parts of town speak English. A lot of the young people speak English. So it's, it's actually a decently English-speaking country, better than, um, like, the country Japan when I, I was out there. But um, Yeah, I was there too, man. The... The people, man, are just so friendly, man. And, um, you know, I actually, one reason why I was out there for so long was I was staying at a grandmother's house, you know. And it's it's actually a way bigger house than I was even raised in, you know what I mean? Because her uncle owns uh, restaurants. He's a a good businessman. What kind of food? Uh, Nepali food. Nepali food. Nepali food. But he has four restaurants in Japan and he has two restaurants in Nepal. Oh, man. Yeah. Big deal, man. Oh, yeah. This dude, I mean, he's. He's international. Yeah, he's once you do international restaurant owning, you're doing it. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> back and forth. I don't want to sound forth. ignorant, but what's Nepali food like? What? Yeah, um, a little bit like um, Indian food, but um, curries and things like that. Yeah, a lot of lentils and rice and certain certain beans. They they like to eat with their with their hands. They they have a special kind of. Um, bread, it's a little different than like naan. It's, it's like a little different than naan, you know. Um, I love that stuff. Oh, yeah, man. But so you, good. they just, you know, you just break that. You mix up with the rice and some I'm of the hungry. lentils. I'm getting hungry just, just <laughs> listening <laughs> to you, Keith. <laughs> Yo, they got they got the street food. They got the street food. It's called pani porti. Uh huh. I don't I don't know much about it, but I was eating it like every day of the week, <laughs> you know. And you can feed like five people for like a dollar fifty. Uh, you know, you can yeah, you can literally feed five people of this street food. One, one plate is so the walkway world champion you know? salary out there, man. You're good to go. Yeah. Oh, you're good. <laughs> I mean, you're good. You own Thailand, yo. Check, so check this out. The traffic is insane. There's no street lights. Oh, All major intersections are ran by traffic police. Okay, oh. you got cows that walk the streets, and every you car will, will stop for the cows. Right? Mm-hmm. Cows are sacred in that land. It's a it's a Hindu tradition. You don't they don't eat cow. So, you know, you're not getting a hamburger. You might be getting a veggie burger or a chicken burger, but you're not getting a hamburger out there. The, cow, only- the cows here must be jealous of those cows. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cows yeah, yeah, yeah. jealous of those yeah, cows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to be reincarnated as a cow, make sure you're it's over there. Cow. In, in, in Nepal or India, man, where they're not going to eat you, you know. Um, Do they drink the milk? Yeah, they they, they do. That's the thing. It's it goes way back. You know, the cow. If you had a cow, the cow brought forth riches. You could trade the milk for other commodities, right? You can create butter. You could create yogurts. So the cow just provided so much for them back in the day when they were when it was like a farming land and things like that. So that's why they just have the cow so sacred. You know, the bull and other animals to go and didn't produce as much as the cow produced so that's that's an interesting concept yeah. but it makes so much sense it it does. Does. you own cows here, you right? can't go hungry because you, you because have, of the milk you can make so much food you can make a lot yeah we man. have nothing sacred here there's nothing sacred in nah, the this, is, this is a very selfish place there was so <laughs> many so many temples right and 
And my wife, she's got a little tradition. I, I try to ask about it. I don't know much about it. But if she just if she's in a taxi or any car and they drive by a temple, she just like acknowledges the temple with oh like a, like a, like, a, like, a, like a Catholic who crosses himself almost like a, church, yeah, yeah almost like a Catholic man. And uh, it doesn't matter whose temple, Hindu God, this God, that God. She uh, just says I love and respect all gods. You know, um, but a the, higher power. Yeah, man. You know. Uh, they're, they're big Buddhist over there too as well Buddhist and Hindu it's like a mix over there in Nepal and there's just so many beautiful temples there's one that's called a monkey temple because the monkeys like to hang out there just wild monkeys you know um, are they friendly? Um, I hear they will grab your cell phone so you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, and you, you ain't getting it you gotta and watch you ain't getting out, it back you know? yeah you gotta watch out you know they can be a little fast they might every once in a while they can be a little aggressive otherwise they're friendly you can give them like a, a piece of candy and you'll watch them like unwrap the candy and then, like, then get to it and suck on the candy you, you gotta know? take them to the dentist after that which is let me tell you the dentist story out there alright so I got two cavities fixed while I was out there. I just had a toothache, and I was like, I'm tired of this. Let me just go to the dentist. She fixed two cavities. She cleaned my teeth. She cleaned my wife's teeth. $35. Come on. Yo. 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 I got to spend some time over there, bro. I heard, I heard there's good prices in Mexico, too, man. But Yeah, but in Mexico, you got the cartel. In Nepal, you don't got shit, but you're good. You know? Oh yeah, man! It was, you go it was to amazing. Mexico. You go to Mexico and your teeth fixed. You fuck around and get a, get kidnapped. I should have had her do the whole thing, man. I should have just. I probably would have cost me one grand. And it, it was all, it was all done good and no problems or nothing. All come done back done. looking all like good, boy. That's great. All good. Uh, you can beat that with a Batman. So honestly, because I always tell people like the later part of my life, I want to move back to Sicily. Where, where do you see yourself? You see yourself moving there later on, or after your boxing career is over, or? You still staying in the U.S. or you, you know, just undecided? I, right now, I still just love world travel, man. You know, um, it's a big thing. You know, they tell you that you have freedom here in America, and and you you can learn a little bit about that if you when you travel. You know, certain countries, you know, you can't say anything you want about the the president. You know, certain things. I mean, we we have a few restrictions. You can't threaten them. You know, and, and things of that nature. But we have a lot of freedom of speech. We have a lot of freedom. The women in America have a lot more freedom than women in other places yeah. of the world. They feel like they still feel like they're persecuted, and they do, they do. And you know, there might be a little bit of truth in that, but just being American, you really should appreciate yeah. this country. This country yeah. is a very unique country, very, very special. You know, um, well, that's the thing, Keith. For me, like I don't want to get into the political conversation too much, but for me, yes, people too spoiled. And what happens when a kid is, when a kid is spoiled? Then they complain. That's, yo, you that's, know what I mean, for me, Americans are spoiled. It know? is. So they, when you spoil spoiled. somebody, they complain more instead of being. We don't really know that we're spoiled. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't really know. Um, it's like a child doesn't know they're spoiled. Yeah, you know, they, they don't, just act out. You know, yeah, they have no clue. Not my kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the most part. When, when I've been traveling, you know, the most beautiful thing is the American passport. You know what I mean? It's, it's like a pass-go, collect $200 thing. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you, nobody really says no to an American passport. Yeah. But my wife is Nepali. She can't just get over here to America. We have to do a lot of, we have to do a, a legal process, you know. We are applying for a marriage visa to make it uh, possible, yeah. you know. I know uh, why that is because they're scared she's going to stay here. Well, they don't know she's married, obviously, but because yeah. a lot of those countries, you know, they're, they're scared like they're going to come here and not leave. And not leave. Yeah. You know, um, 
overstay the visas. That's what a lot of people do. But now that you're married, you don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not going to be a big deal for us, but it's just the way that they treat other passports, you know. I I just wanted to know because this month makes one year, is our one-year anniversary. So when I first went to go see her last year for my birthday, um, I picked her up from Japan, and we went out to the Maldives. So that I could have her all to myself for one week. Maldives. And that was my way of balling out to myself. And, and Japan is far from the Maldives, right? Yeah, man. It, Yo, that's it was a, a long trip flight. even for Japan, bro. Yeah. I flew to Japan. Then, and then went to the Maldives. Then went to the Maldives. Oh, you're out of yeah. your, you're really Yo. out of your mind. <laughs> Yo, I'm getting, you I've been getting it. That was world travel. That was world travel just on that itinerary alone. Man. <laughs> and then I went back to Japan with her for stayed for a week before coming. In Tokyo? Or what part? In, in Tokyo. Yeah. Amazing for, city. Amazing. Before coming back to the U.S., then I was started the uh, slowly started the camp for Danny. Okay, and I wasn't able to see her till after the Danny fight. Mm. I proposed when I went back to Japan on that trip. Mm. Then the next time I saw her was in Nepal, and we had the wedding for her whole family. It was a beautiful wedding, man. I was they picked me up on um on horseback, right? Like horse and chariot, and rode from uh from grandmama's house down to the hotel where our wedding was being held. That. I don't know how many miles it was, maybe like two and a half miles or three miles, all on horseback. You know, cool. I felt like I literally felt like royalty. I felt like the marriage, the whole process, the marriage ceremony. I felt like it was like a six hundred year old tradition. tradition. You know, it, it That's felt cool. really nice. Felt really you nice. got you got experiences and stories most people don't have. You know, this is this is gonna be cool to have this episode where people can hear this stuff, man. You know, I'm 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 like listening to you, like man, this is this is out of this world. You know, I'm a, I'm addicted to what I call getting out of America right now you know like every every fight opening your horizons you know yeah man you just got to get out of the box you just got to step outside the box a little bit man um like i said you just don't even appreciate what it really means to be american yeah till you really get out and you come back and and also whenever i come back i get this eagerness to get back on my hustle and my grind you know like i you're away enough. You're away just enough to miss it, so that you just can, enough to miss it. Yeah. So man. that you can get back. Yep. And that's how you know the passion's still there. Because once, once you, that's how you know that passion is still there. Because once you don't have that, you realize, all right, it starts to feel like work. You know, you know, you've had enough. You know. But when you still have enough time where you miss it when you're away from it, yeah, then you, then you know you still have a passion burning inside you, man. That's cool, man. That's great stories, man. Good stuff. Uh, are you learning any Japanese? Very little, my very man. <laughs> you know, very little. You know, konnichiwa, little, little things. Um, I was out there a couple Halloweens ago, man. What an awesome Yo, time. Halloween is off the hook. It's not what an what? awesome time. Awesome time. <laughs> Bro, one of the best trips I've ever, ever had, a man. A quarter million people, like, within a few blocks. It's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. Man. And they're all friendly. Like, they, they they ain't messing shit up on Halloween. You know no, what I mean? Not. Like, they, no, they're, they're just not. having a good time. What a, what a culture. They, was, they only cross the street when it says walk. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, yeah, they, not like in New York. They follow the rules <laughs> yeah. out there, man. What were you saying about about the, the trains? When they're on yeah, the, train. the train so was packed. so clean, bro. Yeah, the train was packed. so clean. Oh yeah, our, our subways are not like, like that. Like you know what I mean? They're so friendly. They have the pushers in the morning. Are yeah. you trying one of those pushers in New York City? Let's <laughs> start fighting, bro. Are you kidding me? Oh, there's just just a, a real amazing culture. I, well, I was I was amazed. I was. I have I a was, lot of friends out there. Clubs, DJs. Yeah, he, he went out yeah. there. It's yeah, cool. sick. 
But Champ, man, oh, yeah. we appreciate fun. you having you on the show today. Uh, thanks for the love and support, guys. Absolutely, man. And uh, we, we look forward to having you back soon, man. We go and, from uh, one. one uh, we have two of the best fighters in the world sitting right at the same table here. Uh, we have one welterweight <laughs> champion to another welterweight <laughs> champion. Uh, a possible matchup is we have uh, Errol the Truth Spence. Yeah. What's going on, Champ? Never much, man. Chilling here to watch the uh, support of my guy Jamel Charlo. Yeah. So we have we. Uh, I was talking to Jamel earlier this morning in the fighter meeting. I said you did a lot of sparring with him to prepare him. Obviously, Erickson Lubin is a southpaw. Uh, you're the southpaw as well. Yeah. Uh, um, can you tell us a little bit about how camp was? You know, now, now that obviously it's fight night. Uh, how was camp, and how, how do you see Jamel performing on this on on this night? Um, this is our third camp together, and um, you know, Jamel looks sharp. Um, he looks strong, sharp, using the jab, sticking to the game plan, boxing. Um, you know, he's been working on his inside game a lot with my coach. Something that you know we we specialize on, mm -hmm. and he's been looking good. I think he's gonna go out there and put on a great performance like he's been doing. Now. Going through the training camp with Jamel, does that make you get antsy to get back in? You know, does that make you just be chomping at the bit to get back in? And when are we going to see you back? Because, you know, we, we saw you win the welterweight title in May in a great performance yeah. against Kel Brook. But then it's kind of gone quiet, you know, and uh, I'm sure you're chomping at the bit. You know, yeah. winning your first world title, I'm sure you're, you're, you're really excited about getting in the ring and being announced as a world champion. That, that's a special feeling in and of itself. You know, when can we look forward to seeing you back, man? Um, I'll be back in January. January. I'll be, I'll be back in is it, oh, the mic on? No, we hear you. Oh, we're here? Oh. Can't hear it? Oh, it's right here. Okay. Yeah, you're good, Keith. Yo, thank you, champ. Thank you. Uh, so you're back in January. Uh, who we look at? Who? Uh, I've heard some rumors circulating. Uh, we heard about Lamont Peterson. Is that? Will that be the opponent? Can we confirm uh, that? He's in the lineup. He's in the lineup. Okay, yeah. there's still a lineup though. There's still possibilities of other uh, possibilities. It's a few guys, but uh, it, it you know, some of these websites be leaking shit out, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know what to believe. Yo, man, it's the mole somewhere. Man. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's a lot of fake news out there. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fake news, but it, it's, it's a lot of real news too, man. It's the mole somewhere, man. I'm like, how the hell they find this out? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they be knowing. Before I know Dave, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam so, Sam likes to make like he's secretive, but he spills them out here and there, right? <laughs> yeah, Sam out there sending out text messages to somebody. <laughs> so, so what have you been doing on your off time? So you know, since since winning the title, you know, uh, how how is it? How has life changed being a, a welterweight champion? Uh, what have you been doing? Uh, are you finding yourself, you know, chomping at the bit to get back? Obviously, uh, how was your summer? You know, all that, all that, all that stuff. First summer as a world champion, for example, how was that? Well, it's been great. Um, I just did. I've been doing the usual. Like I go to Jamaica. I spend like probably a month in Jamaica. A month uh, in Jamaica. Yeah, hey, you that's where my family from. My dad got a house out there. Okay, my family got a house out there. Oh, so that's I a nice, that's a nice chill. little trip. That's a good one for the winter. Not that it's ever that cold in Texas, yeah. but that's a good one for the winter. Yeah, what what part? What part of Jamaica? Uh, Montego Bay. Okay, right yeah. there where you land in the airport Bang. by the airport, yep. right? Yep. We, yeah. we had a bar named Montego Bay in Long Island, but it, it, <laughs> was, it wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like the one in Jamaica. I'm sure. Yeah, I got a lot of Jamaicans in Long Island. Montego Bay was nice until Hurricane. Uh, what was Hurricane in Blue? Irene. Was it Irene? Sandy? Yeah. Sandy no. Sandy, Sandy, Sandy. Yeah, no. We had Montego Bay was nice until, until Sandy blew it away. Now, yeah. we're, now the only Montego Bay we go we got is if we go to Jamaica. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but how was that? It was a good time? Yeah, it was a good time. You know, and then um, took a little off, off time to chill with my kids and, um, okay. you know, came to New York to visit my grandmother. And, uh, okay. And I was right back to training. Um, yeah. I've been Your training. grandmother lives in New York? Yeah, my grandma lives in New York. All right. So All right. Nice yeah. to see New Yorkers still. You yeah. know, showing oh, some yeah. love for I'm New York because we know you don't show love for New York for your, football, <laughs> your football team. Oh no, you know? no, not at all. Although this year it's probably good not to be a Giant fan. Yeah. I mean, we're not doing so good either. So, <laughs> man, the Eagles and Redskins are actually doing good. <laughs> Eagles and Redskins, the Eagles won. They won yeah, last Eagles night. Eagles are beast. Yeah, that kid Wentz is slinging that ball. Yeah. 
Hey, man, we aim for draft picks. That's all. Aim for draft picks. <laughs> man, I, thought we, I thought we was gonna be five and one. So, bro, yeah, bro, you you missed out. You know why? Because you, you're too young to have enjoyed the Cowboys' great years. Yeah. And now you could have been. You could have enjoyed Johnny Super Bowls. Hey, if you would have just stuck with nah. your roots and been a New York guy, you would have enjoyed some Super Bowls. That shows how loyal you are, though. When you would have team, loyal. You born in New York, yo. You born in New York. But I was raised. I was raised in Dallas. <laughs> I'm messing with you, man. But think about it, you would have you would have been pretty different than all the other guys if you were a Giant fan in Dallas. Yeah. You know, yeah, you just blend in. Yeah, I've right? had a lot of fights too. Probably. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but then, you would have won them. Judging yeah. by your skills and the way you hit, you hit hard. You would have won them anyway. So you've been all right. Yeah, body shot in the which street goes a long said, way. Which actually makes me want to ask you, bro. There was a Twitter. <laughs> but, don't worry. Well, yeah, I gotta ask you about this. You just made me think of it. There was a Twitter video of you just fight with body shots on the street. What was that about? And you stopped dude to the body. Yeah, I mean, that's well, how did that start? How, what, what led to that? Well, my guy just got a jail. He thought it was tough. But that's what we did growing up. We did Yeah. Up. We used to fight. We, we slap box. Yeah, we slap box or we used to go to the body. But only to the body. body shots was was it somebody that, like, was. Because we yeah, get a lot of these guys that don't think body shots are bad. Oh, that's so your did boy? He, is he with, that's my boy. Oh, so he knows that body we shots are bad. We went body shots. Body shot for body shot. All right, all right. Like so, I, I, yeah, yeah, of course. But I thought it was like some some random wannabe tough kid who didn't think body shots were bad. And I'm like, oh, they don't, they don't taught this kid a lesson. You, know, you get those guys too, and they don't think a oh, body shot. Yeah, try this body shot. You know. Oh, so he should. That's the he's worst your boy, so he should know that body yeah, shots are bad. Know, he I mean, oh, he knows now for yeah. sure. If he didn't know he before, got on, he got on, he got elite because he had, he was on uh, Facebook Live. Yeah, <laughs> man, did it ever leak? Yeah. That shit was getting views like <laughs> shit, like like crazy. <laughs> leak. That shit was a flood. That was a leak. Like Earl Spence can't fight a fight, so he's fighting in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the most dangerous and most avoided man does on a regular basis. Also, the body shot so barehanded too. I felt for the guy. You know, yeah, I had we, used like, go, we used to go to the body like with gloves. I'm now like we, Earl with no gloves. <laughs> like, even as kids, like we slap box for real, but body we slap box, but body shots you threw on fist. That's how we did. Oh, but, yeah, well, we should have been doing that. That's a good one. Slap boxing, but you go to the body with fist. Yeah, you go to the body with fist. So but you're basically boxing, yeah, slap it to the head and box yeah. and, and yeah. man, that's, yo, that's a good way, one. A I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start making kids do that in the schoolyard. <laughs> I'm gonna start setting those up. But in the schoolyard, it's not Errol Spence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're like a ringer, bro. That's fucked up. I need some rings to the body too. <laughs> you know, you I can hit to the body. Bro, I can hit to the body with Earl Spence. I'll never get up. <laughs> but not only that, even if I could, I would. It helped him too, though. He weighed like three hundred pounds, so. Yeah, it made him realize yeah, yeah. what he was lacking. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he had to, you know, maybe <laughs> get his weight down a little bit. Conditioning, but people, there, you know, people that aren't don't used to aren't used to boxing. They find out real fast. Yeah. The conditioning and body shots kill your conditioning. Yeah, kill you. you yeah. Know? Oh, he yeah. took a lot though. Yeah, he did take a lot. He was a big guy, so yeah. Took, yeah. Oh yeah, like, bro. Dang. You don't want to get your ass kicked by your boy. Now that we know he's his boy, bro. You gotta yeah. see him every day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't want to get my ass kicked by you, bro. I gotta see you. <laughs> I gotta see you too, but if you saw him hit me to the body like that, I'm like, bro, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hit like Earl, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk about this. Yeah, and that. I want credit what? if eventually these guys fight. We just had Keith here, we got Earl. It's like three times that they've you been on our show. You I want credit you for building up the hype. You want points? What do you want? Points? All the boxing wants to see that fight. <laughs> you want to get credit for it? We're the ones hyping it up. Imagine this kid. You imagine this kid? Earl, am I wrong? 
You know what? You did it. Do me a favor. Bro, you, you don't even show up. You don't even show up to the body. Yeah? You don't even show up on time. You don't show, bro. This guy showed like 15 minutes late. We, it was me. It was me and Seth interviewing Keith. Fashionably late. You just woke up, bro. You just wake up. I had to wake up early. Oh, I woke up late, man. Oh. And then traffic. Oh, okay. I right. like to take sleep. the subway. He's too, good. He's too good for the subway. Yeah. Me, I take the subway. I'll I take the subway. Take subway. Take Me subway too. This guy, the only I'm subway he owns is the, the sandwiches. The subway sandwich. That's he doesn't, the only no, he doesn't want anything to do with the subway. <laughs> you sit on the subway. A rat the size of your arm just sit next to you. So like, you'll, hey, you'll take subway. Who you got? Who you got tonight? A rat the size of your arm. A rat the size. Well, yeah, you make like they sit next to you on the train. A rat the size. Bro, they're on the tracks. Bro, I was sitting there. You ever seen a rat inside the train, Earl? No. Exactly. They don't go inside the train. I was sitting there. I'm sitting on the train. Tracks. I'm sitting on the train. The rat comes oh, up. He's yeah. like, "Yo, nah, what do you think if CC starts tonight?" I'm like, "Get the fuck out of here!" <laughs> you saw rather stuff when you need it. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you know will be a good fight. Uh, New York Alley Cats versus uh, versus where it's a subway sh- street rats. Oh. I think rat win. Yeah, the yeah. rat will beat the sh- alley cat. Oh, alley lead, cats man. are pretty rough, bro. Yeah, the the rats, house cat will be fucked. House cat will get fucked up by a rat, but yeah. but uh, alley cat in New York, bro. They, I hear them fighting at nighttime sometimes. <laughs> I never yeah, seen alley cat. You hear yeah. them fucking. Yeah, at yeah, they, you don't hear them fighting. You hear them fucking and fighting, bro. Bro, oh. did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you? Oh, you're gonna have to hear, listen to this one too, bro. Did I ever tell you that time I was in Italy? Did I tell you the the, the threesome I saw the cats having? No. What? In the street, bro. I'm not even. Ca- I shit you not, bro. I sliding to strike me. I, I couldn't doing. believe what I saw, bro. Me and my father are driving down this little road, okay? You know, in Sicily, there's like there's so many little roads, bro. It's nighttime. He's got the lights on. In front of us, there's three cats. And then I get out. Of, you know, usually you you driving and the cats are in the street. They, they nah, they away. were in the middle of something, bro. There's this cat. There's three of them. One is, one is behind the female <laughs> giving it to her. And the other guy is on the side. The cat out of here. Wait. He's nibbling out of here. Yo. I, bro, it was like it was like a real threesome. He's nibbling out of here. I said, hey. get the fuck. Bro, the cat was, was doing a doggy stuff. It, yeah. It was, it, was before, it was before cell phone cameras. This is like 2004. It was before. Bro, because I wish... I mean, not, not that I need to see that in my life again, but I wish I could have just been able to record it so I could show you guys, bro. I was the cra- I wouldn't believe it unless I saw it, bro. One was doing it from be- what a slut she was, bro. One was doing it from behind, and the other one's like, nibble on her And she was, and she was like, rah, rah. she was like, what a ratchet ass thought, yo, man. And I was just in shock. I was in shock. And we had to go around them. They didn't, they didn't get out of the out of the street. We had to go around them. They didn't get out of the street. But the one that was nibble on her ear was looking back at the car like. <laughs> yeah, he's looking back. Like, Get the whole fuck around right now. <laughs> I don't know what you were taking, man. <laughs> oh, oh, hell of a drug. My father's my witness. He's seen it too. So, fucking crazy, crazy. But anyway, I don't know how we got on that subject, but going back. Okay, plans 2018. What are you looking at, Earl? You know, uh, your first full year as champion. Are you looking at? What are you to looking to do? Because I'm looking to fight three times a year. Three times. Everybody in the top five. Everybody in the top five. Yep. You know, what did you think of the Jeff Horn performance against Manny Pacquiao? And do you think that's a fight in your future as well? Oh, definitely. I would like that fight. I definitely like that fight. Mm-hmm. What did you think of his fight with, uh, uh, with oh, Pacquiao? Pacquiao? Yeah. Um, it was good. I mean, Jeff Horn showed his grit. I mean, Pacquiao hit him with some good shots. I mean, it could have went either way. Yeah, I thought so too. I feel like if you had a draw, it could have been. It could have went either way. It yeah. could have went either way. I thought yeah. Jeff Horn could have won. Pacquiao could have won. I yeah. mean, Pacquiao, he should have he should have looked better, especially fighting a guy in his hometown. He's a hometown favorite. Yeah. He's that guy. I mean, yeah. you have to. It shows through history. You have to look. I thought. I you thought, have to look. You get look way better to win. Yeah, and I yeah. thought, and also I thought Horn, 
wanted it more. And yeah. He felt that way, you know. Especially after, in the later rounds. Yeah, especially after yeah. he got hurt. Yeah, I think he got I mean, hurt. That showed me yeah. a lot. I was just telling Keith that that's what that's what showed impressed me the most about Jeff Horn was yeah. after being hurt and having a terrible ninth round where he was the referee's looking to stop the fight. Everything yeah. he came back and won the late rounds. Yeah. You know, and to me that, that that's a lot of character because I told as I told Keith I respect character more than anything else because yeah. you can have a good punch, you can have a lot of speed, you can have a great boxing technical foundation, but if you don't have character. Yeah. You have to build on top of the character. So the character is your foundation. If you don't have that foundation, it's not in there. So, yeah. so I, that's what I was important. Because it's easy to win when when everything's going your way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Everything's going your way is, is nothing. Yeah, but yeah. when it's not going your way, you know, that's when the character shows out in the grid. Character right? And that's uh, when it's most enjoyable up. to win yeah. is when you win at a high level. And the yeah. only way you win at a high level is having character along yeah. along with the rest of the stuff that you need. Yeah. So so I was uh, I was I was impressive there. Uh you looking for anybody in the top five? Yep. Realistically, do you see those guys fighting you, though? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I would think they probably would have to be forced into a situation to fight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You looking to fight back in New York or what? Are we going to get you in New York? Uh, yeah, I'll be back in New York. Mm -hmm. I want to have a hometown fight. But you know, it's just like it's not gonna happen in my next fight. You know, you you you're gonna make New York your hometown, which is technically it is. Yeah, it is my hometown. Technically, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, you want to you want to get a Dallas fight too. My second home, but really my first home. Yeah, so you want to get a Dallas fight. Are you are you friends with like Des Bryant and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I'm friends with Des Bryant. Does he know you're born in New York, bro? Huh? Does he know you're born in New York? Are you supposed know. you're supposed to be a giant fan? I don't know. I mean, he might get traded any time. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so if he does, he's not gonna be a Cowboys guy anymore. No so I mean, all right, all right, that's true. But you ain't trading in your your Cowboys fandom. Oh, you know? I, oh no, man. I'm Dallas Cowboy for life, man. I love like baseball. Like it don't matter if we we win a Super Bowl when I'm 79. Clearly, I'm clearly, be because fan, because man. you you missed all the good years. You you're too young. <laughs> I, I had to sit through the misery of watching those years. Bro. It was miserable. He says 79. I don't think that's enough time bro <laughs> it was miserable oh, hold on troy aikman's coming back you're born 92 you're born 92 uh, 90 oh 90 you're even born the year the giants won the super bowl <laughs> come on bro how in the world are you not a giant born in new york born in new york the year born in new york the year the giants won the super bowl five months can old. you imagine <laughs> he's got a southern draw hey, i was five months old I, I you pulled for that. houston come tonight on. Uh, Baseball? Or you don't care? I don't care. All right. I mean, Go I'm Yankees not, then. Right? I'm not really Don't fuck around, Errol. You're in New York. Because me, me, I mean, Houston, we're, you know, we're kind of rivals. rivals. Yeah, Houston, yeah. So, so I'm not, I don't, I don't really go for Houston teams. No, All right, good. Right. Go Yankees. Ma Mavericks? Yeah. Ma uh, Nick, Knicks, Nets? Not right now. I mean, I was a, I was a big Michael Finley fan. Uh, big Michael Finley. Michael Finley, Steve Nash fan. But now you're Nick just neutral. Nick, so now, now you're just neutral. neutral. Yeah. And I was a big Sacramento Kings fan, too. Bro, where's the New York? I don't understand. You don't like oh, any New York team, bro. Come on, Paulie. Basketball, forget about New yeah. York. Come on. I know, oh, but you're, you're a Rangers fan. Well, he's a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I grew up a Zazudas fan. <laughs> a what? A Zazudas fan. A Zazudas fan. All right, that's New York. That's New York. All right, that's New York. You don't get no more New York than Hockey, that. they got the Dallas Stars, too. I know. They got the Dallas Stars, too. I'd like to see him fight in Dallas Cowboys Stadium, though. That'd, That'd be man. awesome. Yeah. Right now, he'll take even even the arena. Right now, of course, yeah. of course. But I'm fighting Dallas. Uh, but I, I, I foresee the future. I see a big, big fight. Like Errol Spence's homecoming yeah. in the big. And Jerry the wants big, me to fight in Dallas. So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're cool with Dez, plus, then you eventually Texas, get to Jerry. Plus, plus, a lot of one of the reasons I would have love for Texas is because there's no state tax. Yeah. So you can fight if <laughs> yeah, in Texas. Yeah, it's like fighting in Nevada. Yeah. You don't have to get any state tax. Yeah, definitely. And be and be. 
but you fight in New York, don't you have to pay the state tax in New York? Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Don't get me all started on these taxes, oh, geez, bro. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. That's, why, that's why I've never moved out. If, if I move in yeah. Florida or yeah. Vegas, I'm no, not Vegas. going to California. Yeah. Or you can just leave yeah. the country. You yeah. still, the, yeah. U.S., the U.S. will still take your 40%. Yeah. The U.S. Cause that's the U.S. sports that. Yeah. yeah but you, so, but so, so and don't live in any other state. Right now, you about to make some money right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck around. <laughs> oh, no, stay in Dallas. Brian Custer was just telling me Buster Douglas when he beat Tyson went to Florida too. Yeah, <laughs> fucking yeah. right. I already hate federal tax, so I'm not. I'm definitely not. I don't see yeah. how y'all pay state and federal. That's crazy, bro. I, I do my best to stay as much and, time in Miami as I can. And the states still cry. The states still cry. They don't have enough money even after taking our tax. That's because the, the prices in this city are ridiculous, bro. California. You want to run to Florida when you see the prices in this city? Forget about the taxes. Crazy, Try to get a sandwich down the street. Yeah, <laughs> you kidding me? The, the, the price I pay for the apartments. Is, yeah. Like, the cost of living in Texas is cheap. Yeah. Dirt compared cheap. to New York, yeah. yeah. Compared to y'all, like I stay in the house right now. Is two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but I got five bedrooms. I got a right. theater room. Yeah, I got a nice backyard. I got a front yard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> over here, over here, you get a shack for that. Over here, you get a. My house you, is. You don't even get a condo. My house is. I got, I got a computer room. You know, <laughs> <laughs> my house is three times the price and half the size. See? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a joke, bro. I'm not doing it. It's crazy. It's crazy. But but we get to live in New York. Yeah. Which used to be pretty cool. Yeah. Now yeah, it's yeah. not as cool yeah. as it used to yeah. be, but. But that, that's what me, well, I was talking, talk, always tell my manager, and say, all right, the price of life is cheaper in Wyoming. But then you got to live in Wyoming, yeah. which sucks, you know? <laughs> so, you know, we, I used to say, okay, the price of life is, is heavy in New York, but at least you get to live in New York. Man, we're losing that luster, too. New York isn't that fun anymore. Yeah. You know, it's kind of fucked up. Now there's nothing but fucking Starbucks everywhere. Yeah. Liberals. Yeah. New York's not really that fun. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Fun is it's not nah. like it used to be. Nah. Yeah, yeah I hate Starbucks. Yeah, look at this. Speaking of, speaking of, speaking of. <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> this is what I deal with. Her. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> so, what do you think of these fights tomorrow? Um, Talk to us about what do you think? Of, we got uh, Charlo and Lubin. Obviously, you're gonna be biased. Yeah. We know we, You know, Charlo's your boy yeah. and trains but in your gym. But that's gonna be a good fight. I mean, that's my favorite Lube, fight on the card. Lubin's, I think, to me personally, that should be the main event. I mean, yeah. everybody's talking about this fight more than any other fight. I mean, Lubin's young. He's hungry. Who is the main event on this card anyway? Um, it's uh, Lara. See, look. See, oh, Lara. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because to me, it's just a three yeah. fights that are that are good, and then it's Lara and Terrell. Lara and Gishay. All right. Lara and Terrell and Then it's um, uh, Trout and uh, Heard. Okay. All right. Yeah, to me, okay. it's, it's Charlo. It's a Charlo and Lubin fight. That's gonna be. That's gonna be the. That's gonna be the fight. What do you think of Heard and Trout? I think Trackout boxing. Um, for what I seen, who fight the kid from Detroit? Oh, uh, 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 Tony Harrison. Tony yeah, Harris. Tony Harrison. Tony Harrison is out boxing him. Um, mm. I don't know why Tony Harrison gassed out, but he gassed out. Mm. And I see Trout as being a better boxer than um, mm. than Tony Harrison. So I mm. see Trout winning. You know, what about what about Lara Gachet? Um, I'm gonna have to rock with my dude Terrell. That's right. my Olympic brother. Olympic teammates, right? Yeah, that's my Olympic, Olympic teammates. Brother, so, okay. You know, Terrell gonna have to be a dog in there. Lord, you know, that's he, he's a guy that he likes to sit back, he like to pop shot, fight his own. You pace. know, you guys in the 2012 class, you're gonna start to feel what it's like to be the older crew now. Cause <laughs> the 2016 class is turning pro. You know? yeah, now you're gonna see cool. how we used to look at you guys. You yep. know, yeah, because those. Those 2016 guys are gonna be the young guys now, and you guys are gonna come we, into we the go. part of your careers where you fight for titles. Yeah, we, we was the hunter, now we're going. Now we're gonna be the hundred. Yeah, exactly. The young guys are gonna be calling us out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the 2016 guys are gonna be looking at you guys like, man, I want to get those guys. Yeah, watching <laughs> on TV like, man, I can't yeah. wait to fight. Yeah, you're gonna be. They're gonna be you. 
behind you soon. Yeah. You know, another you. It's always the case. It's a progression. It's a well, You tell sport. these people to quiet down. We're trying to do a show. Well, yeah, yeah, who's weighing yeah. in? Who's got the whole fanfare? That's, um, that's Africa, actually. Oh, did they main event guys already weigh in? Yep. Why, why they did. Africa? <laughs> I don't understand it either. <laughs> New Yorkers are retarded. Did we say that? Yes. <laughs> it's your show. Bro, yeah. he's, he's Haitian. He's Haitian. He's Haitian. I don't understand. I, I know never, he, he got African descent, but he's Haitian. <laughs> obviously, obviously, you got African Haiti, descent. Bro. But then again, that means they can call you Africa, they can call everybody Africa. <laughs> That's the case. You can't call somebody with African descent Africa, yeah. because then you can call everybody Africa. Yeah, he's just kind of Haiti. He's Haitian. Yeah. Little Haiti, right? Little Haiti. It's, it's like, too, yeah, Little Haiti. Yeah, Little Haiti. His, his name is um, Richardson Hitchens. Not only that, the best part is he was in the Olympics for Haiti. Yeah, for, for Haiti. Haiti. For Haiti. Yeah. But they call him Africa. That's actually how I found out he was Haitian. That's a big I, I thought he was African. <laughs> and then he represented the Haiti in the Olympics because, you know, he's from New York. And then he represented Haiti in the Olympics. I'm like, wait a minute. Richardson is, is, Richardson is Haitian? He's not African? <laughs> it's crazy. Yo, it threw me for a loop. I'll tell you, bro. You know, they don't, I don't see them calling you Jamaica. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. It was crazy. Hey, Sicily, how you doing? Yeah, Sicily. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Sicily. Yeah, that's crazy. Israel, how are you? <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> anyway, all right, all right. So, yo, champ, it was great having you on, man. You, man. We always look forward to having special guests like you on the show. Appreciate it. And uh, we hope to have you on again uh, at future weigh-ins. Oh, yeah, definitely. Fight will be announced. Soon. We hope that they start to fly us at more of these fights so we can do more shows from the weigh-ins. Yeah. Live right show. now, they're just keeping us on the New York. I want to come to Dallas and do, yeah. like, a live show at your weigh-in when you're about to fight in Dallas, and oh, I'll yeah. come there with a Beckham jersey on. <laughs> nah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's gonna go wrong. Pete gonna bring the crutches too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, then me and Errol are gonna just go go to the body with bare fists. Right in security. Oh, I pay for that. You guys should play that right now. No, let's no. Video, let's get on camera. I just ain't witty. Oh. <laughs> with the Ray season going, I mean, you probably nobody probably fight you. Yeah, no, we're not waiting. No, we they won't even care. They'd be laughing yeah. right now, bro. Now, if you had a package, a, you had a package jersey. Right, right, right. That's a different story. A you might yeah. get you might get into a fight if you had a package jersey here too. Yeah, it's, it's been like three years in a row. It's been. Yeah, that was a good game. They sent us home last year. Yeah. Yeah, they that was both home last year. Yeah. Good old A.A. Ron. A.A. <laughs> Ron. Can't stand that guy. All right. Well, <laughs> He's a champ, we thank you for coming on the show. We will catch you. We don't want to keep you here too long. We know all these other media guys are taking up. They're like hawks waiting for you. Yeah, I'm trying to do a sharp left turn. <laughs> yeah, they're like hawks. They're like hawks. If you guys can see that right now, the cameras are lining up waiting for Earl. They're like hawks. How is that? Turn. You might like, have to get you Usain Bolt on right now. It gets a little repetitive. Sometimes. Yeah, it is repetitive. It's, it's not like you're you saying the same thing over right, and over. Right. Right. Especially like in camp, I always wondered that. Like, you you train for ten kind of, weeks. It's frustrating, especially like when you, when you like when you making weight and you're yeah. like right there, and then I, like they ask you questions, they ask you about somebody that you're not even fighting. Right. Yeah. And then I <laughs> you just, actually don't it's like you. It's always like the same shit, you yeah. know, like. Hey, Errol, with the ESPN here, um, how do you feel? <laughs> I feel good. You you know? Know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It starts to, it starts after the fight. Yeah. <laughs> but it starts to get like you, you're just saying the same yeah. thing to everyone. You, you know? just tell me to fight the date. I'm like, ask me after the fight. I don't <laughs> 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 it might end in the first round. It might go 12. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I might get dropped. I mean, you never know. I mean, That's a zero right. talk dude could be a toughest fight. That's right. So, you mean, think you'll win. <laughs> what about you think you'll win? That's the best one. If I don't I just. If I don't lose, I'll win. <laughs> so I just showed up. Fight? I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Well, <laughs> we were hoping on that, you know. <laughs> we hoping on that. Yeah. I mean. That's the plan. So what's the game plan? I'm like, uh, 
Yeah, that's the best part. Yeah. They think you're going to tell them the game plan. Knock it out some teeth. I see my guys do that at the fighter meetings, and I'm just like, all right. They're trying to get the game plan out. So what weak points do you think you have? I'm like, <laughs> I'll tell you after the fight. Yeah. <laughs> you watch it, you'll <laughs> see. I'll spot him during the yeah. ring and you well, watch the fight. Just from now on, just say the opposite. You know? <laughs> Use it to your advantage. He throws his left hook and he drops it after he throws it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tell him everything. Tell him the opposite. It'll yeah. all work in your favor. You'll be good. But well, it is frustrating to answer questions when you're hungry. You hungry? Yeah. You, you oh, we, we worked with him when he was hungry. It was man, cotton fun. mouth is the worst, bro. Yeah. Cotton <laughs> mouth, with, yo, people don't understand when you have cotton <laughs> mouth and you talk, you get more thirsty. Especially, especially when the camera's on your face and you yeah. got like that thing. And you gotta like, lick your lips. Yeah, Even if you lick them, it's not there to, to, to make moist anyway. And then you get more thirsty. Yeah, that's the worst. Man. One time, one time we got into an argument. This motherfucker was making weight, and he started yelling. I'm like, bro, go drink something. He had all white. Yeah. <laughs> nobody say anything. My dad, nobody say anything to me. Yeah. They don't, they don't I, used to, I used to just defer everything to Pete. Yeah. I used to just be like, bro, tell this motherfucker I don't want to talk <laughs> yeah. even, even your food. You'd be like, yeah, here, Pete, eat this for yeah. me. Tell me if it's yeah. good. My dad, everybody yeah. stay out of my way because they know I yeah. snap. I just yeah. sit on the couch in morning time away and I'm just sitting on the couch watching TV the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we want to talk when they're thirsty? Come on, man. <laughs> they and there was a stupid role. question. They just kind of be like, you good? And they just, they just leave yeah. me alone until it's time. Or what about when you're, when you're making weight and you don't want to talk to nobody, you don't want to deal with anybody, you want to deal with fans, and like you hear your name getting called, but you got your sunglasses on so you don't have to look left or right. Yeah. Like You could just go give one of these like, <laughs> with your eyes, and if you don't want to talk to the person, you just keep walking. Yo, pretend you, pretend you, didn't, pretend you didn't hear them because you got your sunglasses on. And then somebody in your crew is like, yo, Paul, they, they were calling you. Like, I, I know they called me, motherfucker. The whole point is I'm trying not to talk. Even if even if no music, I got my headphones in. Yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah. one. I, keep, I just keep them in. I yeah. keep sunglasses so, on, so headphones on. So if I don't want to talk to you, keep talking. <laughs> yeah. I just keep walking. Like, yeah. <laughs> now nah, I keep going, yeah. yeah. Like, if you tap me, I just be like, oh, I didn't hear you. <laughs> at, a, at a certain point, I always felt like, always drink, felt like you should know when to talk to me and when not to talk yeah. to me. And if you're talking to me when you shouldn't be talking to me, yeah. it's your Especially problem if I don't pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. And if your problem, if I don't want to answer you, if I don't want if I go by, at that point, if you know if you know me enough, then then you should know me enough not to know when to talk to me. It's the young reporters that don't yeah. understand. It's the young mm -hmm. ones. The older ones, they understand. they like, I'm not going like to. I can see it in his face. Yeah. The young ones, they don't give. They don't care. <laughs> like your face sunk in here. They don't even understand what's going on. Can we get a selfie video? <laughs> they don't know what's going. on. They just still stick the camera in your face. <laughs> Can you come outside and meet my mom? <laughs> or what about when they put the money down? What about when they put their boy on the phone with oh. you and you got oh. caught mouth? Be like, yo, yo, champ, talk, talk, talk to my yeah, boy. He loves. Wish him happy Look, birthday. Happy oh, birthday. birthday. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know the rapper. You know the rapper Cameron. Yeah. Oh we know, yeah. We know Cameron. So. We were hanging out one day. I think it was actually the, when he fought Cotto. This is years ago uh, for a press conference. So I'm hanging out with Cam and his boy, and, and the guy the guy's walking by, and he's like, oh, my God, kill a Cam? <laughs> and he's like, what's happening? He's like, my friends will never believe this. Say hello to my boy. He goes, I don't really do the phone thing, but all right. <laughs> he goes, yo, what's up, I don't up, really man? do the phone <laughs> thing. All right. The guy didn't even talk to him. He's like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> Nah, like I thought he was gonna have a conversation with him. Kale, 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 I, I get Kale he's can be a, an asshole, man. He's funny, bro. Yeah. Oh, he seems like he's funny as hell, but he can be an asshole, though. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's a, he's a, a he didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. He didn't give a shit. Yeah, he, like, he's like, he'd be little the hell out of somebody. Yeah. <laughs> he probably would want to, too. <laughs> oh. Laugh in your face. Yeah, yeah he oh, doesn't yeah. have the approach me face because yeah. people still approach him. Yeah. Wearing pink, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a pink truck. Yeah, he had the pink range for a long time. Killer. Anyway. All right, so. 
wanted to fight Bihar. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. Like a real fight? Yeah, he wanted to fight him. That was dumb. Cam got to stick to Cam got to stick to basketball. Yeah, yeah, we all we all want to come outside yeah. our, our, our limitations, but yeah. you know, <laughs> we got to kill his limitations for a reason. Who yeah. are you referring to, Pauly? I wonder. We have like his shanker guy outside. We have like his shanker guy outside the ring. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you let him win so you don't get shanked. You'll let him win. Like, right, you got it. You got it, man. You got it. <laughs> Anyway, all right. So that's the I mean, they're done with the Wayne. We're still yeah. going. We're still yeah, going strong. Champ, champ, we'll let you get some lunch. Oh yeah. All right. Enjoy. Thank you again for coming on the show. No problem. Make sure Juniors pays you for that that shout out. I gotta help yeah. you pass because they over there with, with us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, man. Go thanks, ahead, champ. champ. About to do a shot right. All right. All right. Okay, <laughs> <Thank laughs> champ. All right, so that was all. That's our Wayne episode, right? We, that's we, it. What's it? We, I, I got to get back for the production meeting. We, we missed all Wayne. But I'm sure I'll get a lot of. Real quick, Paulie, how do you see these fights going? Oh, come on, man. You want to ask me for predictions? No, predictions are good. Pretty, you know, I, what do you think is the most competitive I, I, fight? I love, oh, man, Cholo, Cholo Lubin is probably my favorite fight on the card. Uh, obviously, I'm always interested in the progression of young fighters like Terrell Gachet, who's an Olympian. But he's got a, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's, Lara's he's tough, getting man. a shot at, at Lara, who's a, who's a very good fighter. And obviously, uh, a guy that everybody's avoided. And you got to fight yep. the guy who everybody avoids. Everybody avoids him for a reason, you know. And Hurd and Trout, I think, is a, is a real, real good fight in terms of, you know, I can see Trout dominating, or I can see Trout get knocked out. Like it's yeah, literally I, you, anything could happen. Like for me, like Charles and Lubin's competitive, and it's and I, you I, I don't like see, an I don't see anybody. Heard, right? I don't see anybody dominating, but I can see, I can see, I can see Hurd hurting Trout, but I could also see Trout, you know, picking Hurd apart. You know, so it's like it's one of those good fights. You so know, Harold said he said he thinks Trout has a good shot to outbox him. Yeah, so it's uh, I I think it'll be fun. It'll be a good card. Everybody tuning in on Showtime Championship Boxing tomorrow night. Or uh, be here live at Barclays Center. We'll, we'll be we'll be doing it. I got to get to my production yeah, meeting, yeah. otherwise I'm going to be get fired, and I won't be on the broadcast. So my whole goal is to be on the broadcast. So I got to get back to the Marriott Hotel the and, out of here. and attend the production meeting. All right, that's the Magic Hour. Did we do an hour for the, the Magic, magic Hour? Magic Hour. Yeah, it's about just about just about, about right. Hour. All right. Yeah. I'll, we'll I'll, I'll hum at the end. We'll catch you next time. We we'll hope you like <laughs> the new name, the Magic Hour. We figured it was uh, a apropos. It, it, it's up, uh, it, you know. We're, we're trying to get like uh, refined a little bit in our in our, in our experience. Oh, know? that's but why we saw Pete then. Brooklyn's magic oh. hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Pete, Pete showed a blade, so Pete's still up to his. Uh, it, it looks his good tricks. though. Nice. It's Friday. It's Friday. We got no Peter, job. We go Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right, guys. We'll see you next week.